So welcome back to Fight the Burnout. Uh, today we have Adam Davis, uh, ex-retired uh, law enforcement, who now does amazing things around um, marriage. He runs a, a, a master class called, um, you know, called, called uh, where I lost it. I lost it. Uh, where is it? He runs a master class that is called uh, Marriage... Bulletproof marriage. I knew I had it there somewhere. Um, apologies for that, Adam. Um, but he runs a masterclass bulletproof um, marriage. He also has been, you know, public speaker on multiple different um, platforms. Um, but instead of me, as usual, um, you know, rallying on about what I think I know about you, Adam, I'll let you introduce yourself and tell us what you do, who you are, and um, and your a bit of your backstory. Nope. I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you so much. It's uh, truly an honor to be able to connect with people of like mind around the world. And I'm a, like you said, I'm a former law enforcement officer, uh, served in patrol, night shift, day shift patrol, traffic homicide investigations, criminal investigations, hostage negotiations, uh, intelligence, uh, just to run the gamut of things there. And, uh, I was depending pretty heavy on, on alcohol to get me through some, many of the days as I got in. And uh, whenever I traded that out, I found writing was very therapeutic for me. And so today I'm, I'm uh, getting ready to release book number five in May. It's based wow. on Lieutenant Colonel Grossman's book on combat, if many of you are familiar with him. Uh, he's author of On Combat and On Killing. And... Um, this is called On Spiritual Combat, 30 Missions for Victorious Warfare. Oh, wow. And it releases May of 2020, and that'll be book number five for me. My oh, last wow. book was, uh, like you were talking about earlier, Bulletproof Marriage, 90-Day Devotion. It's a, uh, it's a 90-day challenge for first responding military couples. It is uh, it's going to challenge you in, in about six different areas, in communication and issues of trust, conflict resolution, uh, intimacy and oneness and affirmation. So it's going to challenge you. It's going to pull the best out of you. And it's going to, you know, from, from what I've heard from the majority of readers, it has helped improve communication uh, greatly you know, between, between both spouses. So before that, behind the badge, it's a 365 day devotion for law enforcement released May of 2018. That's still, uh, still selling every week right now around the world. It's doing really well. And, I'm very thankful for those opportunities. But on a side note, uh, Bulletproof Marriage is, um, it was nominated uh, and has been chosen as a finalist out of, I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of books, uh, chosen as a finalist for what they call the Evangelical Christian Publishers Association, oh, wow. uh, the Christian Book Awards finalist. So there's, there's uh, 12 different categories. And so Bulletproof Marriage is chosen uh, as a finalist out of five, a five finalist, uh, to be chosen as best devotion of the year and could likely be chosen as best book of the year. We, we'll find out May the 5th where it lands. Yeah. And, um, and so that's a, that's a tremendous honor for me as a writer. Uh, and, but also to represent law enforcement in, in such a prestigious way. That is a huge, huge honor, uh, just to be a finalist. Yeah, uh, but we're just we're believing that that we'll pick up the pick up the whole thing and see what happens. But so I've been married this year uh, twenty years, my high school sweetheart, and uh, we've got three kids, and she homeschools our three kids here here, and 
and I work remotely. I work from home. Yeah. I have a little marketing business, and then I write. I'm working on two new books. Um, or actually three, and uh, got got a lot of stuff in the works. But you know, the biggest thing that uh, that that I get out of it is a a deep sense of purpose and meaning because I'm able to take the lessons I learned during my time in law enforcement and invest back into those who still serve. Uh, or those who used to serve, who who are former law enforcement and and into marriages. So it's uh, it's it's a different journey, but it's it's one that is worth every moment, every minute, and I I love everything about it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, um, you touched on a few things there. Like I know our most of our listeners are you know wanting to be law enforcement already, law enforcement, but there's also a lot of them that you know aren't in law enforcement and. The thing that you can, you know, learn from, you know, what you're doing, especially with that, um, you know, the marriage, um, bulletproof marriage, that's a huge thing. I mean, I know when I was in the place, my wife became the punching bag. Anytime I was going through shit and didn't know what I was going through, you know, she became the emotional punching bag, as, you know, as sad as it sounds, but she was, you know, that rock and hard place as well for me. But it can relate over into, you know, the corporate world, everything. It's, it's the same stuff. It's just, we see different things in law enforcement and it, yeah, and it, it weighs a toll on you emotionally. And, and, uh, and a lot of times our relationships do, um, pay the price. Yeah. You know, I remember, I remember my, as a rookie, uh, being in the patrol briefing room and a, a seasoned sergeant come in and, we had a exchange of conversation and asked if I was married, told him I'd been married for however many years it was. And, uh, he said, well, I give it five years. Nobody makes it more than five years married here on this job. And that's just sort of the mindset of people in law enforcement is that, Hey, this is expected, you know, expected. Yeah. So I'm working with groups across the country and, uh, different places around the world trying to raise awareness that, Hey, this, this doesn't have to be the case. You are actually a healthier person when you have a happy, healthy, thriving marriage. And you don't have to just have a marriage that survives. You can have one that's actually, you know, you're enjoying being married. Yeah, exactly. it, makes you, it makes you a healthier person, but oh. you need to know the tools. You know, you, yeah. need to, you need to know what the tools are and, and to be able to use them. So it's, uh, I take the mistakes I made and the lessons I learned and, and help others. Yeah, same thing as I do for the, you know, for the burnout stuff, which we'll get here to here in a second. But yeah, it's, it's so true. You can have that healthy life can have that healthy uh, relationship with your partner, your wife, um, your husband, because, you know, I, you know, I was going to say that same thing. You know, I know here in New Zealand, the highest, you know, the police has got the highest divorce rate out of any job. I'm like, that's yeah. not acceptable. It doesn't need to be that way. And it's all over. It does, like you touched in the very beginning, is it's, it is mo- a lot on communication and how to communicate to your partner, because we do see and deal with stuff that no human should ever have to. And you've got to be able to come home and, and be able to communicate with your partner about stuff that you're seeing and dealing with so that you guys are on the same page. So she knows if you're a bit snappy one day, she knows why, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you can yeah. communicate that to her. Um, so, yeah, I want to praise you for what you do, man. It's, 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 um, I got emotions going with it because it was a huge part for me. It, um, yeah, my marriage, I almost, we almost broke up a couple of times while I was in because of, you know, not having, that um so I'm, I'm definitely going to get your book i haven't got it yet but just even just after this little talk i'm going to be getting it because okay thank you those tools 
Um, so yeah, so so um, Adam, you, you touched a little bit on you know you used alcohol uh, a lot during your during your time in. Um, was that was that due to anything specific, or was it you know can you can you would you mind elaborating a little bit on that? You know, so I remember the first time uh, I come home and my wife asked me when I turned into a fill in the blank. When did you turn into a, we'll just say for the sake of cleanliness, a jerk. And um, it was sort of a wake up call to a degree. Mm. Um, I come home, take off my gear. And there was, there was no, there was no line drawn between how I talked to people on the street or how I talked to my wife. Uh, She was, she was essentially, she'd become my enemy because everybody was my enemy. I pushed everybody away. Mm. just uh, as a response to everything you see it, you know, not necessarily one particular call. It's just the whole body of work. And, um, you know, after so long, it feels like you, you've got people coming at you from, from the streets. You've got people coming at you from admin. You've got people coming at you from society and social media. And I mean, it's a, it feels like you're, you're essentially pissing in the wind. There's, there's a losing battle, mm. but um, for me, uh, I got to the point where that was sort of my, my outlet and, um, you know, never, never abusive or harmful. I just shut down and isolated myself. And, uh, it was, um, uh, it was a coping mechanism. All it was, it was a way for me to deal with the stuff I had going on on the inside that I didn't really know how to process or deal with. And, you know, that's, that's a lot of it. We got to learn how to deal with those things. You know, we, we train a lot on, how to survive, how to win, uh, every fight, every battle. Uh, but we don't necessarily always get the tools for, or not back in the day, but how we get the tools for how to process it after the fact. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to say that, you know, drinking alcohol is bad or it's wrong. Uh, but drinking as much as I was drinking was wrong. (laughs) It's unhealthy. But you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's got to be a balance. And when you talk about burnout, uh, when you when you lose your identity, it's easy to find yourself in burnout because your identity isn't tied to the badge or the shield or, or whatever whatever you call it, wherever you're listening. It's not tied to your occupation. It doesn't matter if you're law enforcement or you're CEO of a Fortune 500 company. That's not who you are. Mm. Uh, that's the call you chose to answer, and rightfully so and honorably so. But your identity is not tied in that. Your identity is tied in something much greater and something much deeper. And for me, that was a relationship with God and, and having a faith that ran deep. Um, even though in the beginning, I saw things a little differently. Uh, but it took me through places where I relied on alcohol uh, mm-hmm. as a place where I could find a temporary peace, a temporary uh, comfort that did not last. Mm. and uh ultimately led me down a, a pretty dark path but you know i try to try to remember the lessons i learned and, and take the pains that i i remember and and turn it into something that somebody that's going through it right now can use mm. but yeah. yeah it was it was just a temporary comfort that did not pay good dividends at all <laughs> yeah i mean and i know so many people you know if they're in law enforcement or they're wanting to get in i know so many people i know when i was in law enforcement I never went to alcohol, but I went to doing, I, I was all in an adrenaline junkie, like we were talking about before we started recording. You know, I grew, oh, yeah. I grew up sailing around the world. So, you know, my dad was into rock climbing. He um, 
he and my uncle um, started up Yates Gear, which you might be familiar with. They sell a lot of stuff to law enforcement, SWAT teams. Um, oh, yeah. My dad stole out of that. So, but we still did rock climbing, paragliding, all that. So I was an adrenaline junkie. So I started seeking adrenaline. I had a motorcycle at the time. I found myself doing stupid stuff, like, you know, seeing how fast I could get my sports bike to go on the rural roads, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, mine was probably more dangerous than drinking. But, um, but it's the same thing. You know, we all find it. But I know so many law enforcement that they go straight to the bottle. They go home and they have to have a couple beers before the, just to debrief down before they can go home. And I'm not saying it's a necessarily a bad thing, but it can turn, like you said, it can turn dark. Um, because we don't have any other outlet or we might feel like we can't come home. I know I felt like I couldn't come home and tell my wife that I'd just been to a guy who had been dead and, you know, I'd been beat, the, you know, had the shit kicked out of him or whatever it was, you know, um, had to tell a 16 year old girl that her dad committed suicide. Um, the, the, yeah. And so, yeah, we do find those outlets. So, you know, I want to, you know well done on identifying that and, you know, coming out of it. Um, what would you identify just so we have a clear kind of definite, what would you identify burnout as for yourself? Like, what does it look like for you? Are you talking about the symptoms or my personal definition? Um, definition and your symptoms, um, just so that, you know, listeners can relate, you know, if they feel, you know, if you're saying you're, what, you, what you feel your symptoms are, then they can mm -hmm. actually go, Oh, actually I'm feeling some of that. So, and I can just tell you from a personal experience for me, it, it, it gets to the point to where um, you no longer enjoy what you do. You find yourself complaining about stuff more than you do talking about what you're grateful for. You talk about uh, your, your chronic fatigue is, you know, you're just tired. You don't really want to go in. You don't want to do the work. You're no longer proactive. Uh, just an overall sour attitude. Uh, those are just a few of the things and, uh, but the description for me is you just, you forgot why you're here. You forgot what you were doing. You forgot why you answered the call. You forgot why you responded to the call. You forgot why you're here. You lose sight of your purpose. You lose sight of your identity and you've allowed all the negative things around you to affect the passion that you once had. And so that burnout can be, uh, applicable to, uh, your career in law enforcement, it could be applicable to any career. It could be applicable to your relationship, um, you know, and, and whatever it is, it, it could be, it goes to, it applies to anything, but what, what we have to do to keep that from occurring, what I had to do was to uh, find a balance. And even now as an author, or as a business owner, as a speaker, consultant coach whatever hat i wear whatever point i'm given uh it's finding that balance and that balance is uh you know it's it's not always easy but it requires intentional effort and a, a daily practice of gratitude and sort of refocusing our our minds and 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 everything that we are on why we answer the call why we're doing what we're doing don't forget the why you know it's easy to become uh, jaded or uh, cynical and hard about the things that are going on around you, but don't let the things that are going on around you affect who you are and why you answered and how you're going to respond going forward. Yesterday, that may have been the fact for you. That may be the case today, mm. but you can make a conscious, intentional decision to, to move forward in a healthier way. Remembering number one, why you answered the call. Number two, why you're here, what your purpose is. Number three, how are you going to go forward with a better attitude and practicing daily habit of gratitude? 
And um, so it's important to, to keep those things sort of front and center and uh, not get lost in the, in the deep, dark abyss of complaining and, and, uh, and, you know, burnout is a real thing. It's, it's very real, but it's, uh, I think it's a choice. There's a slippery slope. You start complaining one day and, and it's an attitude. It's a, it's a mindset. You have to have a mindset that you're not going to go down that path. Mm. You know, it's actually, you know, I don't know about you, if you saw it in your department, but I know where I was working when I first started, it was really easy to get tied up in that because everybody's in it everybody's talking about the negatives and that I'm like, you don't, I didn't see in the beginning, a lot of people talking, Oh, you know, I did this awesome thing. Like, we've got a, We've got a thing here called jug session. And it's a book where you put all the stupid shit that people did that, you know, that you work with in the book and then you get together and you drink and you have to do a vessel for every stupid thing that you did. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, yeah. I looked at at the time, I was like, yeah, it's us getting together. And then after the first one, I was like, I don't want to go to these anymore. Cause it's just makes me feel like crap. And if I look back yeah. on it, the best thing that we could do is actually put all the good things that are in there and then praise the, you know, get together and praise everybody for them. That'd be a much better, you know, constructive thing, but it is, it is, you know, that is difficult when you were in law enforcement, at what stage did you realize, Oh, I'm actually, you know, whatever it was that you've realized, you know, Oh, this is actually not healthy or, you know, that you were burned out or anything. And what'd you do to kind of counter it? Or, you know, where, you know, what ended up happening? For me, uh, when I realized it was, was the day that I was probably with, probably the day I was ready to take my life. It was a uh, Sunday working some overtime and, um, I'd been sort of having this internal match with, uh, and, and basically interrogating God and the reality of his goodness and love. I grew up in a home where my mom, you know, she re with her, my parents divorced. She remarried a guy who was a, a pastor and a preacher and, uh, of a Christian church. And so I grew up trying to live up to a set of rules and regulations and laws. And I felt like that was the, the reality of who God was and, and the way I saw him. And that just wasn't it. Uh, I, that, that didn't work for me. And so as I got into law enforcement, I turned those other things to alcohol. Uh, all the other stuff and it became a it led me to a point to where I was completely hopeless and such a bleak outlook on life and for me that moment led me to uh, to a day that you know I'm thankful that things went the way they did um, you know I felt like I'd better be better off dead I mean it, everything was just bad I mean it was just horrible attitude horrible mindset horrible outlook on life and had some really legitimate negative things going on in my life personally. And, um, but I had to accept responsibility for that stuff. I had to be the one who took, took it on my shoulder and said, you know what, I, I got to work through this. And, uh, so in that day I, I had a, it was a decision, you know, decision to take my life or give it away. And I chose to give it away and surrender everything I had to, to God and acknowledge that, you know, I have to have all the answers regarding faith, but I knew that what I'd been doing wasn't working. And from that point, uh, things began to change. Uh, you know, I had a, a massive, massive encounter that day with a love like I've never experienced before in my life. And mm -hmm. so it's been my it's been my mission from that day forward to help other people encounter that love and experience that love in a way that that they can recognize and they'll see. Because I know I don't have to go around, and uh, I, I'm not a preacher. 
but I do go around and I try to I try to deal hope and I try to deal love in a way that people get it and they understand it and they accept it and receive it and it changes their life. Mm-hmm. I didn't experience a massive change overnight. But what I did was uh, it changed my appetite for things. It changed my desire for things. It changed my perspective on life. It changed everything about who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. Um, and that led me to stop drinking every night and start writing. And so writing became a form of therapy for me. And uh, so I was writing stuff and nobody ever read it and keeping it to myself. And One night that uh, I, it was shortly after the events in Ferguson unfolded. Media was bombarding law enforcement and all negative. And I come home and, you know, sat down, took my gear off. And I was like, you know, who's going to speak life to law enforcement? Who's going to speak good to them? Mm. Who's going to, who's going to say anything positive? Is there anybody, mm. you know? And I felt compelled to write a book. And so I wrote and self self published my first book and it was called spirit and truth. Mm. And it was 52 devotions for, for law enforcement. And that created an opportunity for a publisher to discover me and give me a contract for Behind the Badge and ultimately Bulletproof Marriage on Spiritual Combat. And then the third unannounced book, Colonel Bruce and I are working on. And so um, it's, it became, uh, it, it started with one, one decision. Uh, I had a fork in a road, so to speak. And, um, you know, from there, things began to change radically. I, I went into law enforcement with the plan and intention to, to do it for the rest of my life and retire, you know, yeah. climb as high as I could and get as many bars and stars and whatever I could get on me as I could. And, uh, it just, you know, the, the mission is still the same. I'm just doing it in a different capacity Yeah, and, yeah. uh, with, with a different authority behind me. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's worth it. And you, you're going to experience change when you make those decisions, when you experience a shift in your mindset, when you make a conscious decision to be grateful every day and, and literally sit down and write down what I'm grateful for today. It mm-hmm. changes the way you see things. So that was the point for me and how I responded to it. And man, I'm thankful I did. Yeah, no, I can fully relate to that one, man. I had some similar things. Same thing. I remember the whole Ferguson thing. I was in the depths of, the police at the time and all that. And I was like, I'm being attacked from every direction. My, my people in the States are getting attacked. You know, the blue are getting attacked. And that, and that was where I actually, that was, well, there's some other incidents. My female partner got assaulted in that. And I was like, the guy didn't get enough. And I was focused on all those things. But then that all started happening. I was like, you know what did yeah, i did i went down that dark cycle like you you know like you talked about as well and yeah you know mine was the same thing i had a you know mine was i almost cheated on my wife and i saw what it did to my parents i was like what the hell is going on with me and that was my turning point um so yeah now i want to uh, you know thanks for t- sharing that story man because i know that's going to resonate with a lot of people um and especially people that are you know feeling i know a lot of my old colleagues you know they talk to me all the time about you know that darkness and stuff and having to fight it and that. So that'll give them some really good tips. Um, what would you, your, for people getting into law enforcement, what would be your preventative tools for them? So, you know, to help prevent them from ever, you know, experiencing that because we don't want anybody to experience that. Um, and so what would be, what would be some of your top tools for them to help prevent that? Having the proper mindset. Having the proper mindset going in, understanding that, all right, you're going to set the boundaries up front. Uh, if you're already married, you're going to have the conversations up front. You know, 
I, I believe bulletproof marriage and the work that Colonel Grossman and I have done on this is uh, is an essential resource for anybody that's going into law enforcement, especially you know obviously if you're married. Mm. But having those conversations that you know, hey, this is this is what we can expect, and you know, reading the books like on combat, on killing, uh, doing the studies, preparing yourself for uh, after action. Uh, you know, we're prepared for before action, but having that solid mindset, invest in, invest in developing your mindset to become a resilient mindset, become a resilient person and create the habits and don't get away from them when things get crazy, uh, stick to it. And, um, you know, just, just get you a, get your rhythm. And like Marcus Luttrell, my friend says, he's, you know, all the time, he, you got to find your battle rhythm, find your battle rhythm. Once you find your battle rhythm, uh, then you're good. You know, you got to find that stride. You yeah. got to find, you got to find the, how you're going to, how you're going to fight battle. And that's what you got to do every day in life. But you got to be willing to set the standard and say, you know what, th- this relationship is not disposable and I can't just quit on it and pick up another one because it affects so many people. Mm-hmm. It's not just me involved. And, be willing to make the necessary sacrifices personally to take care of, of yourself, of your family, so that you can be a better law enforcement officer wherever you serve. Mm, yeah, yeah. And that AI, and for those that aren't law enforcement, to be, you know, a great executive or, you know, just whatever it is that, you know, line of work that you're in. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, Adam, you know, you've touched on it already a little bit, um, but, you know, about why and purpose. But I'm a huge why guy. Like, I, what I've realized since I left the job is that I didn't have – my why was so surface level that um, I lost sight of it quite quickly. Um, whereas now I know my true why, which is, you know, I don't want anybody else to go through the pain or suffering that I did or my family did. Um, so what is it, what would you say that your why is, you know, that keeps you driving hard through those easy times and also through those hard times? You know, the, the biggest, the biggest why is because I realized the power of the word. I, I realized the power of words and I know that the work I've done has had an impact on people and I know that there's a better way, but I also know where a lot of people are and, that abyss of darkness is just a swell that'll swallow you up mm. and it'll take you over before you can, you know, you underestimate it. And by the time you're, you're in it, you seem like you can't get out. And so I know that there's a better way. So my why is based on a perspective, not, not tied to uh, our natural life. It's tied to eternity. It's tied to a bigger picture and understanding that, that one day the life that we have here will end, uh, careers will end, uh, we will stop breathing, our hearts will stop beating. And whenever they lower us in the box, in the ground, what matters? What really matters? And what really matters is how we invest and how we love, how we invest in other people, how we love people and the legacy we define. And, you know, that, you know, when you say something about legacy is my purpose, it sounds so cliche, but I want my legacy to be love and I want it to be compassion and empathy. And I don't want to be something to, that means that I, I cared about other people and I wanted them to have a, a better future. Mm. I wanted them to have a life that was more than just a life that they survived. I don't want them to get to, uh, to eternity and, you know, with a bunch of 
stitches and casts and crutches and you know walk in limping i want you to go in thriving and uh just to realize your purpose to realize that there's more to this life than just getting by mm. and uh help them discover a bigger picture and find uh find a source to believe in that will change everything well, that's 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 deep man that, no that's really yeah i like that and you can see it, it it drives you it drives you really well with everything that you've done and accomplished and overcome um so if there was some, you know, say you were talking to somebody who didn't know what their why was or what their purpose was, what advice would you give them to, you know, help figure it out? There's only one person who knows what it is and you know, mm. you just have to be still. You know, I remember uh, towards the end of my time in law enforcement, I had a couple of mentors, a couple of coaches, and, um, you know, I had a man who's a very wise man. <laughs> He's written multiple books, great man, and a great mentor, great friend. And he said, you know, what you're seeking is already inside of you. Mm. And um, when you realize that what you're seeking isn't on the outside, it's on the inside. The peace that you seek is not found on the outside, it's found on the inside. The purpose you seek is not found on the outside, it's on the inside. No career, no occupation, no hobby, no relationship can fulfill that void that's on the inside. Uh, without the proper source and so discovering your purpose discovering your why requires you to be still and silence all the voices around you stop listening to everybody be still and get focused on why you responded mm -hmm. and why you responded to the call why you answered the call mm -hmm. and so those are those are you know in in general I, I think that we could probably talk hours and hours and hours on that that one point alone is how to discover your why, how to discover your purpose. And, uh, you know, it, it's all tied to a bigger picture. And I think ultimately for me, my, my true purpose is to love God and love other people as I love myself. And too often we try to get things backwards. We try to love other people and it's tied to a surface level emotion and not tied to the realization of the power of what true love is. And, uh, you know, the book of John in the New Testament of the Bible says, greater love has no man than giving his life for his own brother. Mm. Paraphrasing, obviously. And, you know, Jesus did that for me. And so we have to be completely selfless in the way we love. And too often, mm. uh, I found myself willing to give my life for anybody I, I fought for on the street. I'd give it for my brothers or sisters any day. I'd give it for a stranger. When it come to my marriage, I just wasn't willing to be that selfless. Mm. And so we have to get our priorities in line. So I think step one to discover your purpose and your why is to understand the proper alignment of priorities. And when you get your proper prior, when you get your priorities in, in alignment, uh, then you'll begin to see what your why is and what your purpose is, because then you'll begin to see what your divine gift is, what God has gifted you with on the inside, because he's given every single person who walks this planet, a deposit, a gift. And we have to take the time to understand and discover that gift and then become masters of the gift and then find the proper outlets of where we're going to use that gift for the sheepdog. The gift is being willing to walk in love, but being also willing to stand up against the wolf and say that today's not the day you're not going to do it on my clock, not on my watch. Mm. And you draw a line in the sand, but it's all driven by love. So whatever you do, do it in love and understanding your why 
is is not something I think we could probably uh, uh, in depth answer in this episode. But I think that that's a good start is looking at the gifts that you have, looking at what your passion is about, looking at your priorities and getting them in proper alignment, and then starting to take some next steps, develop daily habits on how you're going to achieve those goals. For me, it was, you know, set some 20 year goals, set some 15 year goals, some 10 years, some five years, some one year, six months, 30 days. What I'm going to do in, in, in the next 30 days. Now, how I'm going to work backwards. What, I, what am I going to do today? Every minute of every day, what I'm going to do to work towards accomplishing the goals I have for the next month, the next six months, the next year, five or 10 years. How am I going to achieve those things? And too often we go through life, aim, go through life aimlessly. Mm-hmm. And then 15 years in, we're miserable and we don't understand why. Mm-hmm. So take the time now to get yourself aligned, get your mind focused, get your priorities set up, get your belief system set up, change your mindset, and then set you some, uh, set you some daily habits, some daily routines, some good ones, some healthy ones, and start charging towards those goals and you'll find your purpose. Mm, mm, that's some great, yeah, that's some real great. I, I so wish I had, you know, I know that stuff now, but I so wish somebody had told me that stuff 10 years ago. And I'm sure somebody did, I just didn't listen. <laughs> so, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, nah, that's some really good stuff. So, um, getting towards the end of, you know, this episode, um, if somebody's looking for, you know, looking for bulletproof um, marriage or they're looking for other stuff that, you, you know, you wrote or looking for you, how can they, um, how can they get in touch? A couple of different ways. You can go to my website. It's theadamdavis.com, T-H-E, adamdavis.com. Everything I have is listed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, any retailer. You just type in bulletproof marriage, Adam Davis, uh, behind the badge, Adam Davis on spiritual combat, all that's listed there. I'm on social media on Facebook as the official Adam Davis and on Instagram as Adam Davis official. And I would certainly love to connect with your audience if they are so inclined. Awesome, man. Thanks for that. The last question I'd like to ask is, you know, what would be the one thing you would tell our viewers or listeners to help prevent or counter burnout? The one thing, your top piece of advice. Yep. So, uh, top piece of advice is to, to have the daily habits, to have uh, margin in your time for rest, have margin in your time to do things that are not work-related, to, um, to have be, be scheduled and create a place of balance. In order to have balance, you have to have some boundaries. And if you want to have the boundaries, then you have to establish those because if you don't, somebody else will. And so you have to you have to understand what you're going to do and, and get your priorities right. And so I think number one thing is is establish the boundaries and uh, get that balance through daily habits. Awesome, man! Thanks for that. Thanks again, Adam, for um, you know being on on the the show. Um, learned a, I learned a lot. I know others have learned a lot. Um, and yeah, so for all you out there that are listening, make sure you subscribe. You know. Um, put on those notifications so when you know a new episode every Friday New Zealand time uh, comes out you can hear from people like Adam uh, people from all walks of life you know not just law enforcement but also you know uh, we try and you know interview anybody that wants to get on the show because uh, we want to hear from everybody how they you know get through burnout how they prevent it how they overcome it and hear their stories and their whys uh, so again Adam thank you very much really appreciate it and um, yeah till next time guys 
Um, remember, uh, my motto is train hard, test easy, and that goes for both physically and mentally.